0: Okay, so let's get straight into it. What mistakes do landlords make when they invest in property? So number one, I've got my notes here because there's so much I want to go through. Don't allow the tenant to paint their own room. Why not? Now, we've done this so many times in the past and we've allowed tenants, uh, they've come to us and they've said, can I paint my room? I want to make it feel a little bit more homely and I'll promise that I'll be with you for three years or five years or, or whatever. And They promise you the earth. So we've said, okay, yeah, why not? Go ahead and do it. And then what we've found over time is that they will paint it. They'll do it really badly. They'll make a right mess of it. They'll paint it black. They'll paint it burgundy. They'll paint it red, you know, really obscure colors. And then they'll leave about six months later. And what we've got then is a proper, even if we've taken a deposit, we've got this property now that is, We can't sell it straight away. We can't even bring people in for viewings because of the color that they've painted the room. So that's number one. Don't let your tenants paint their own property. Leave it in the contract to say that they cannot do it. It has to remain the color that it is when they took it on. Number two, don't allow tenants to bring their own furniture again loads of people will come and they'll say, I want the room, but I want to bring my own bed or I want to bring my own desk and chair or I've got my whole furniture suite and I want to bring it all. But don't worry because I'll be with you for two years. So they'll say, okay, great, no problem. And then they'll bring their own furniture in. We have to find somewhere to put the old furniture and we have to store it. And then again, the tenant will leave in six months time and they'll either take all of their furniture, which means we have to then go back and refurnish the property, or they will just take some of it and they'll leave some of it because they've decided they don't want it and it's not going to match anything. So then we've got to dispose of it. So number two, don't let tenants bring their own furniture. If you're uh, renting out HMO rooms that are already furnished. Now, of course, if your property, can you hear my dogs? That's, that's, that's my dogs you get straight into these videos and then my dogs start barking this is my office at home so where did we get to on that i'm not going to cut this you can have that um, yeah so um don't let them bring their own furniture if it's a furnished h in my room if it's a property that you are letting unfurnished and of course that will be very different okay number three pets don't allow pets of any shape and size we get it all oh my dog's lovely my dog doesn't it won't say boo to a goose it's a it's a house dog it's a house rabbit a house rabbit um my kimono dragon it doesn't serve, doesn't need any exercise it's just there it doesn't make any noise so all of these things first of all dogs bark dogs have fleas dogs smell dogs wee dogs poo dogs carry allergens Kimono dragons, they need to be kept hot all of the time. Who's paying the bill in the property? House rabbits, they stink. Whether it's in the house or not, it's a rabbit. It's a rabbit. What do you want a rabbit in a house for, man? No. Don't allow pets in HMOs. It is a recipe for disaster. We've had properties on HMOs where tenants have come in and then... After about three or four weeks, we found out that they brought a pet with them. Now that's even more difficult because then everybody else wants a pet. So you allow a kimono dragon in room one. Before you know it, room two's got a snake. Room three's got a gerbil. A gerbil. We've had this before. Can I bring a gerbil? It doesn't say anything. It's a gerbil. It's a tiny thing. It squeaks now and again, but you won't be able to hear it. But guess what? It's got a wheel in its cage. And at three o'clock in the morning, it's going... And it sounds like a bomb going off in the rest of the house. Don't do it, all right? Number four, candles, really bad one. Okay, now I know that it goes without saying. You shouldn't allow candles in the room, but tenants do put candles in, especially over Christmas time and what have you. <coughs> telltale styles, telltale signs for candles obviously burn marks wax residue you must make sure that you tell your tenant when they check in they're not allowed candles for safety reasons number five smoking don't allow smoking anywhere in the premises it goes without saying we have a smoking or non-smoking policy the tenant has to sign when they move into the property and when we do inspections if we can smell cigarettes nicotine cannabis anything like that on the property then we have to deal with it but don't allow smoking uh, number six this is a great tip old-fashioned Yale locks you know the ones that close when you pull the door to if you're buying a property and it's already got those on if you're on a budget if you take those off there's going to be a circular hole in the door and that means you're going to have to fill it and it looks horrible so what you can do there's something called roller bolt night latch roller bolt night latch and you can fit them retrospectively onto the same fitting and it's the same it's a Yale lock but it actually doesn't doesn't lock the door when it closes like the old-fashioned one you have to physically turn the key so properties that have got Yale lock type locks on them if you can't do anything and if you can't install the roller bolt type retrospectively make sure you get a key safe and make sure that each property or each tenant um, has a key in a separate key safe. So if they lock themselves out, you don't have to go out and call, um, and call, you, know, you don't need to get called out to the property. Which brings me on nicely, don't be on call, don't be maintenance, don't do the maintenance yourself. I've got a really good idea for you. Go to Carphone Warehouse, get a burner phone, all right? We call it a burner phone because it's a pay-as-you-go. Give that phone to somebody else, not you, to do the maintenance. So you can find somebody from your local trade magazine. Go onto Google, search for property maintenance companies. Ask them if you can give them your phone. Give them your phone, and then when you check the tenant in, they get that number. That's not your number. They get that number for maintenance, and you give that phone to your maintenance team. And then your maintenance team deal with the calls directly they log them you pay them a retainer just for being on call and you're out of the equation you know if you go into property and if you're new to this folks and if you are the maintenance person you're going to get bored very quickly in fact probably going to take a lot of your energy away when you're getting calls at three o'clock in the morning for trivial things all right that's our maintenance policy it's as simple as that burn a phone goes to the maintenance person. Why do we do it that way? Because when the maintenance person either goes off sick or they go on holiday or they leave, all you have to do is take that phone and either keep it to yourself for the time being or give it to somebody else. You don't need to tell your tenant that for this period of time, the number you need to call is different. It works really well and it's dead simple. If you don't take anything else from this, folks, please just make sure that you, um, you take heed of that. That's, a, that's one of the best tips I can give you. Okay, uh, number eight don't be tempted to do same day check-ins. I can guarantee you when you've got a brand new property and if it's a HMO and you're really proud of it, but you need to get some money in now, you need to start cash flowing and somebody approaches you and they say, I want the property, I want to move in today and I can pay you six months in advance. And that's like, whoa, you know, that's loads of money. It's £2,000 and I need that money and I'm really tempted don't be. If they want to check in the same day, there's a problem. They're either being kicked out and evicted of a property. They're being kicked out by bailiffs. They might have just left prison. We don't know. There's a problem somewhere. So don't be tempted. All I would say to you is, well, go and check into a hotel whilst we do the due diligence. And as soon as we do the due diligence and we get your references back, then we can offer you the room. But if you take on same day check-ins, I can guarantee 90% it will end up in disaster. It might be the only money you see is that six month payment and then you have to evict them or because of their issues, if they've got issues, then it um, it will mean the rest of the house might leave. So therefore you've got a property that's gonna be very difficult to sell. So don't do same day check-ins, that's number eight. How are we doing? We're doing well. How are we doing? By the way, folks, um, if you like what I'm doing here, these are free workshops. These are all based on my experiences. I'm out there on the coalface. I've got 150 tenants. Um, please like and subscribe because I'm doing this a lot now. I'm going to be really vamping up this channel with all of my free workshops. You get the no bullshit approach, okay, because this is the reality of property investing. All right, number nine, don't be tempted to take the law into your own hands. If you have a tenant that's not paying, you can't take the law into your own hands, no matter how motivated you are. And I know because we've been there, you put your heart and your soul into your property, you spent a lot of money, then all of a sudden the tenant isn't paying or they're trashing the property. Um, You can't just kick them out, folks. You must go through um, the letter of the law. You must evict them in accordance to the Housing Act. If you don't know how to do that, then well, comment below and I can walk you through it. Or there are companies out there that will help you do it for a fee. Okay. So please don't be tempted to evict tenants yourself um, outside of the law. All right. It's not to be good it will come back and it will haunt you and it's actually a criminal conviction and it could see you get struck off which means you might not be able to get a license to rent property out in the uk again so just be careful number 10 don't hassle your tenant they have the right of the quiet enjoyment to the property so just leave them alone tenants want to be left alone we want to be left alone let's just make sure that you don't hassle them don't harass them they want to live there nice and peacefully, even if they're not paying their rent. Yes, you've got a procedure you must follow, but you mustn't harass them because if you do, then you might not be able to evict them. Number 11, don't take sides on any dispute. If your tenants are saying he said, she said, number one said this, number two isn't washing up, number, number room four isn't very nice or smelly or whatever. Don't take sides because there is A side, B side, and the truth that sits in the middle. So when you mediate, you need to make sure you get all of the information from both sides and then come up with a plan moving forwards based on the information. So don't take sides because very often it's actually not uh, not the truth in my experience. Number 12, don't forget that tenants are our customers and we wouldn't have a business without them. Now sometimes, and sometimes in the forums, we see a lot of people talking about tenants disrespectfully. Now, I want to just put this out there So, say, number one, tenants are our customers, if they don't pay, we don't get paid, we don't get to pay our mortgage, we don't get to pay our staff, we don't get the lifestyle that we have without them. So why don't we just flip this a little bit and just remember that they are our customers. And how would you like to be treated if you were a tenant? Um, so let's stop, you know, talking down about them and start treating them like their customers. Yeah, I think that's probably a good tip. Number 13, this goes without saying, Fan heaters and properties, don't allow them. They're a fire risk and very often it might invalidate your insurance. If you see them, there's a problem because it means the tenants are cold. Address the problem, don't put a sticky plaster on it, don't address the symptoms, find out why they're cold and fix it so they don't need a fan heater. And of course, they're really expensive, it's gonna increase your bills. Number 14. Don't become a motivated landlord. When we are out there looking for deals, make sure the deal stacks. Make sure it works for you. I'd rather have one deal a year that is really a great deal than have four really shit deals, yeah? Who wouldn't? So make sure you don't become a motivated landlord. Number 15. Don't collect rent payments in cash. Are there even people out there that still do this? I don't know. Tell me if you do. If you do collect cash, it's probably likely to be a top up because your tenants are DSS tenants or they're on universal credit. Don't collect the cash. Make sure that it's on a standing order or on a direct debit and you get paid on the first of the month because if you do it on the first of the month, then you only have to check your rents And you only have to reconcile once and then the rest of the month, you can go out and do what you want to do. Number 16, um, don't forget to keep a mandatory check of all your certificates. So there's something, I don't wanna go too techie, but there's something called the Deregulation Act. And part of that, you have to give your tenant prescribed information. Part of that prescribed information is the government how to rent handbook, the EPC and the gas safety certificate for the property. Now, very quickly, don't forget, when your gas safety certificate is renewed, you also have to give a copy to the tenant within 28 days otherwise guess what you can't evict them under section 21 and that's all part of uh, there was a case law called Monty Schultz Uh, versus the local council. But anyway, that's something else. Just make sure you give the tenants the required information. Have a look at some of my other workshops. I cover that on some of them. Okay, number 17, don't be afraid to offer incentives if you've got voids. So if you've got empty rooms, offer incentives. It's a good thing. I'd rather give a tenant a hundred pound incentive to invite one of their friends into the property than have it empty and void for one or two months. Voids are really expensive. What do we do for incentives? We can offer the first month rent free, the first month month half price, no deposit, um, et cetera. You can do whatever you want to do. Just get those rooms filled. All right. Number 18, um, don't add ridiculous clauses into your contract. If you do, it's probably going to be unlawful anyway. So it doesn't matter what you put in there. So, you know, I know people have put ridiculous things in their contracts, like no alcohol to be stored in the premises. What? What? no alcohol to be stored in the premises. I mean, what kind of ridiculous clause is that? You can't impose your values on everybody because we are all different. Now, you've got to make sure that you are creating really nice properties, really nice houses and homes for people to live and putting things like that in. Well, it will be unlawful. Well, it won't be um, you won't be able to act upon it. So if if you put no alcohol in your contract um, and then you went to court because there were storing alcohol on the premises. It would just get kicked out straight away. I saw in one of my Facebook groups um, a picture of a brand new refurbished HMO and in the corridor this guy had put like 15 A4 laminated notices up saying things like no alcohol to be consumed on the premises seriously no loud music to be played after 5 p.m and it was just like rules like no one's going to want to live there. Come on get a grip. All right, number 19, maintenance requests. Don't ignore them, deal with them quickly. If we do that, obviously then we are covered legally and we are creating a great environment for our tenants. So make sure you're on top of your maintenance. It doesn't have to be you, but make sure that your person, whoever is holding your phone, knows what your policy is. And that policy would be, you know, emergencies dealt with straight away, Anything that's not an emergency within 24 hours or mundane jobs, just things that can wait within a week or something like that. It doesn't have to be that, but make sure you've got a policy in place. And then finally, don't forget to have fun. And we forget to do this, don't we? We forget to give ourselves a pat on the back because property isn't passive. Uh -uh. It's hard work, but we get paid really well, but it is hard work. And because you work hard, you've got to play hard as well. So don't forget to get out there and have some fun. Thank you, folks. That's it. That's the 20 mistakes that landlords make. Um, I'm going to do another one on 20 um, positive things that you should do as well, probably in a week or so. So if you like this video, please do like and subscribe. I'm going to do loads of these. It's free content for you folks. And I want this to be your one-stop shop on how you can invest successfully in property, specifically HMOs, everything that you need to know from the ground upwards. Take care.